you lift your voice and entertain the presence of the Lord right now? God, we prepare our hearts for your word right now in worship. We break up the fallow ground in worship. in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus well the spirit of the Lord is here and where the spirit of the Lord is there is liberty we're here tonight we're gathered tonight we've made the trip we might as well leave here changed and challenged and different than we come in the door I don't want to leave the same way I came tonight. How about you? Praise God. Praise God. Won't you look at your neighbor and tell him you're glad to see him at regeneration. Would you do that? Amen. I've asked four men to help me. If you'll come, four men I asked to help me will come up. Amen. Praise God. So many friends, so many smiling faces. So good to see each and every one of you here tonight in the house of the Lord. Amen. It's a high privilege and honor to be here tonight. Love and appreciate this church and uh, this church family. And I give honor to the pastor and first lady of this house and uh, Brother Jake, Sister Annabeth. My family is Walden family fans. And I want to publicly say thank you for being an example for so long of being just Christians and faithful and consistent you folks are great examples, and I thank God for you. I mean that. I mean that. A fun fact, <clears throat> I preached the first real message I ever preached behind the pulpit that Pastor Walden preaches behind every Sunday. And, uh, and he told me tonight that he remembered what I preached all of those years ago. And I'm going to tell you, I'm so thankful for where the Lord has brought us from. And God's been so good to us. And maybe you're going through a circumstance or a dilemma or a trial right now, but don't let that blur your vision and cause you to forget you serve a God that's been faithful to you all of your life. All of your life. Amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles, two verses of Scripture, and I'll let you be seated. I believe the Lord's going to do something very special in this place tonight. And as we respond to the word, here's what I felt well ago, as we respond to the word tonight, an altar call, as we're responding, there is going to be an outpouring in this place, and there's going to be healing, deliverance, and breakthrough in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. While you're responding to the word, while you're responding to the call of God, there's going to be healing happen in your body, deliverance in your life, and breakthrough over your family in Jesus' name. Ephesians 5 and 16. Ephesians 5 and 16. Redeeming the time because the days 
are evil. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. And Psalm 90 and 12. So teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. I want to preach to you tonight by the help of the Lord in the form of a question. What is time making of you? Would you ask somebody sitting beside you, what is time making of you? And you may be seated. God bless you. What is time making of you? Time is a precious, ever-diminishing resource in our lives. I have less of it now than I had this morning. And it's impossible for me to regain or replenish even one second of time. We have three relationships with time. We have the past, we have the present, and we have the future. And it's easy for me to talk to you about our relationship with time as it relates to the past because one of our favorite things to do is to talk about the past, a day we wish we could relive, a moment that we shared with a friend, a precious memory that we cherish with a loved one. It's great to be able to reminisce about the past. It can also be inspiring and exciting to talk about the future, getting involved in ministry, a developing relationship, an exciting new career, life goals and dreams. It's very rewarding and fulfilling to prepare and to plan for the future. So it's easy to talk about the past and it's easy for me to talk about the future, but it's very difficult for me to describe our relationship with the present because the present is so very fleeting. It is just a millisecond. Even just a moment after I say, the present, it's already in the past. I can't capture the present. It is elusive. In between the past and the present is the razor edge known as the present. The present, one second at a time, is transferring this very service from the future into the past. It's very powerful when you think about how you can know the past, whether it be good or bad, but you cannot change the past. And you can't know the future, but I'm here to tell you today, you can change your future. So today, my assignment, my desire, and my prayers through the preaching of God's holy word that I can challenge all of us to change our future. Today, we have the ability and we have the opportunity to be strategic and to be mindful of our tomorrows. We cannot change five years, five months, or five seconds ago. But we can, through the grace and mercy of Almighty God, change our tomorrows. The reality is this. If you want to be in the will of God ten years from now, be in the will of God today. If you want things to be right ten years from now, you need to make things right today. If you'll take care of today, you won't have to worry about tomorrow. Amen. So my question is, what is time making of you? Because time takes on anybody and everybody. There is no human arm that is so strong that time can't weaken it. And there's no back so straight that time can't bend it. And there's no feet so swift that time cannot slow them down. And there's no eyes so clear that time cannot dim them. But time not only conquers, it also has the ability to create. Time can be constructive or time can be destructive. 
Time can transform a baby into a boy and a boy into a man. Time can transform a brand new convert into a church leader. Time can move a person from complacency and uninvolvement into ministry and serving and seeking first the kingdom. Time can transform a cold and careless person into a fervent and passionate person. But the transformation of time is not always a constructive transformation. Sometimes it is a destructive transformation. Because time can either work for us or time can work against us. And I have seen time push a passionate, loving, worshiping person from being involved on the front lines to just being a spectator from afar. That's what time can do. Time can turn a preacher or a singer or a musician that relies solely on the anointing into a singer or a preacher or a musician that relies solely on talent. That's what time can do. Time can move hands that are lifted in pure, sincere worship to hands that are scrolling on a phone during worship. Time can shift the eyes of a man or a woman whose focus is on the eternal things of God into a man or a woman whose focus is on the temporary things of life. That's what time can do. And I have witnessed time transform a passionate, kingdom-minded young person into a selfish, bitter, carnal-minded young person. And so I remind each of us today that time is making something of every single one of us. And today we have been given yet another opportunity to pause and ask ourselves the honest question. How am I using this precious and diminishing God-given resource called time? What is time making of you? What is time creating in your life? Is time producing a better man or is time producing a bitter man? Is time putting you in refine mode or is time putting you in decline mode? What is time making of you? I ask four men to join me. If you'll just stand for a moment, I'll let you be seated here in just a moment. I want you to think of these four men as one life. Four men, four stages, but one life. Now, this man knows every stage behind him and you can't talk and interact with who's behind you but if you could and if you could step out of the context of time what Keith would you say to your younger, younger self Keith and hold are you 22 what would you tell look up what would you tell yourself your younger you now I want you to notice the father of all of these is right here. This is the father of this. And I can tell you that what you do here and what you do here is going to affect who you are here and who you are here. And I believe that if we could step out of the context of time in your later years and talk to your younger self, you would probably say something like this, please be kind to me. Please don't hurt me. Please don't put addictions on me. Please don't put anger inside of me. Please don't put unforgiveness inside of me. Please don't put bitterness inside of me. 
I believe you tell your younger self, don't make a careless decision that will hurt me later in my life. Amen. Don't develop habits that will destroy me. Please don't look at things that I can't unsee. Please don't listen to things that I can't unhear. Please be kind to me. And right now we are standing in the context of time. And my mandate tonight is to call every one of us under the sound of my voice to be kind and to be mindful and to be thoughtful of the person that you're going to be. It's time to be honest about what exactly it is the time is making of me. Amen. Commitment or complacency? Faithfulness or indifference? Humility or pride? Heartfelt worship or lukewarm lip service? Is time drawing you closer or is time pushing you further away? What is time making of you? You can be seated. We are instructed to redeem the time for the days are evil. So I urge you, don't put off till tomorrow what God is calling you to do today. Romans 8, 28, and we know that all things work together for good. Time can work for you. To those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. That's a powerful verse, and it's amazing how God can take our circumstances and the situations of our life and somehow turn it and work it together for our good and for his glory. But I want you to know that you cannot just quote this verse to anybody. Because this is a verse for people who not only love God, but have answered the call of God on their life. So wherever you find yourself in the stages of these four men, if you want time to start working for you instead of against you, then you better answer the call of God on your life today. Because if you want to be in the will of God 10 years from now, get in the will of God today. If you'll take care of the day, you ain't going to have to worry about tomorrow. That's why you got to do more than just buy in. You've got to sell out. That was the problem with the rich young ruler in Luke 18. He was following the rules, but he wasn't following Jesus. He wanted to be good, but he didn't want to be godly. He was bought in, but he wasn't sold out. And it is dangerous to buy in and not sell out. Just ask Judas. The Bible said he went out... And it was night. He had just eaten with Jesus and the disciples. And after he showed who he was, the Bible said he went out and it was night. It was dark because it's always dark when people leave the house of God. It's always night when people wander off into the darkness of sin. It's always night. And let me tell you, it will always alienate you from the very people that can help you. Judas went out. And it was dark. That's why you can't afford to play games. You can't afford to have one foot in the church and one foot out of the church. You better go all in with Jesus Christ and do it today. Because our adversary is a master manipulator. And he is very good at getting us out of position with God through discontentment. I want you to know, hear me, you can be right in the middle of God's will. You can be right in the middle of God's house. You can have a blessed, abundant relationship with God and the enemy will convince you that you're still missing out on something. Eve, 
even in a perfect paradise, he convinced Eve that she was still missing out. It was literal paradise with evening walks with God, and yet the devil managed to place in her heart a spirit of discontentment. And he is still speaking the same lies today. And he's telling you God's holding out on you. And you just, you'd be freer and you'd be happier if you just turn your back and walk away from the church. He comes and he promises satisfaction and fulfillment, but he don't ever show you the broken heart. He don't ever show you the torn family. He don't ever show you the ruined health. Amen. He never shows you that lung that's eaten up with cancer. He never shows you the liver disease. He never shows you the drug addict that has been being destroyed by the chemical. He only shows you the shiny side of the coin. He only shows you the first chapter of the book. He shows you the prodigal's hotel suite, but he don't ever show you the prodigal's pig pen. He shows you Judas's money, but he don't ever show you the rope around Judas's neck. He'll show you Absalom as a playboy, but he don't ever show you Absalom hanging from a tree. And you hear me, the devil's always got to show you his rookies because he can't show you his veterans. He ain't got no veterans. He can only show you his rookies. He has come to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus Christ has come to give you life and that more abundantly. It's time to plant your feet. It's time to say, I don't care what happens. I don't care how hard it gets. I don't care what this world thinks. I've made up my mind. You can't talk me out of this. You can't get me out of here. I'm gonna stand on the word of God. I'm gonna stay in the house of God because there's no life out there that compares to life in here. I'm telling I want to expose the devil tonight. I want to take the sheets off the devil tonight. Don't you let him lie to you because this is a house of protection. Your church is a house of protection, but the enemy will tell you it's a prison. Don't you let him lie to you. He wants to get you weary with the boundaries of the word of God. He wants to get you weary with your man of God. He wants you to get tired of the restraints that God's word and his spirit puts on your flesh. I remember, I'll never forget it, I was a young teenager and we had just left the church service and my dad wasn't preaching and me and my sister were sitting in the back seat and my dad said he wasn't preaching that night and he said, I sure didn't enjoy that tonight, but I sure did need it. And that stuck with me all of my life because you better thank God for every message where the word convicts you and restrains you. Let me just tell you, if preaching is rubbing you the wrong way, you're turned the wrong way. You better thank God for every time you hit the guardrail. Because if you didn't bump up on the guardrail of the Spirit, you'd be over the cliff. Young people, you hear me. The greatest messages you'll hear your pastor preach are not the messages you enjoy. They're the messages you need. Don't
Don't you let time get you out of alignment with the word of God. Don't you let the enemy get you frustrated with your man of God. Don't allow time to pull you out of the house of God. You do better declare over your life today, time will not push me away, but time will draw me closer. I'm not just going to date the church. I'm going to be the bride of Christ. I'm going to press on toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God that is in my life. Amen. Amen. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, but that's not all. Time will work for you when you answer the call according to his purpose. It is time that you realize that every one of us have a God-given purpose. No matter how old you are right now, if you're old enough to understand what I'm saying, you have a God-given purpose. Amen. We all have a God-given purpose. Wherever you find yourself, you have been called according to His purpose. And our flesh is going to like this, but I'm going to tell you, the kingdom definition of purpose is serving. God's purpose for your life will always, without exception, involve serving somebody other than yourself. It was part of Jesus' mission statement. Look at Mark 10 and 45. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. It was his mission statement, and it better be ours. Galatians 5, 13. For you, brethren, have been called to liberty. Only do not use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. It's interesting to me, I saw this a few months ago in study after Peter denied Jesus three times. They're sitting around a fire and Jesus asked Peter three times, do you love me? And Peter says, yes, Lord, you know I love you. You knew I would deny you, but God, you've got to know that I love you. And Jesus responds and says, Peter, if you love me, feed my sheep. Now, it's interesting to me what Jesus didn't say in that moment. He didn't say, if you love me, worship me. He didn't say, if you love me, fast and pray. He said, if you love me, serve. Because serving is one of God's love languages. So let me ask you, are you speaking God's love language? And let me tell you, serving is more than just serving people that deserve it. It's serving everybody so that God can show who He is through you. Amen. Second Kings chapter 5, there's a powerful story. It's about a man called Naaman. He's a powerful man. He's a commander of a great army. He's highly decorated and favored, but he's got two tragic flaws. One we see, he's got leprosy which is literally a death sentence. It's just a matter of time. But he hears about Elisha the prophet who serves a God of miracles. And I love how he hears about the man of God. He hears about him from his wife's little servant girl. So here's a servant who seemingly has nothing, but in reality has everything. And here's Naaman who seemingly has everything, but really he ain't got nothing. Which would you rather be? And the Bible gives us its incredible contrast. We have a commander that is noble and famous, and then we have this little servant girl who is seemingly insignificant and unimportant. 
And I love this young girl because even though she's a servant, she still has enough sense to open up her mouth when there's a need. I think it's time we find our voice in this world. Young people, listen, there is a time when it is appropriate for you to look at somebody who is telling you that their world is falling apart and say to them, you know what? I know somebody that can help you with that. We need to find our voice. So he hears from this servant about an answer to his problem, and the king of Syria sends him to get prayed for by Elisha. And this is where we see his second problem that we don't see right off, and that is pride. Because the call to serve always exposes pride. Well, I'm too busy. I don't have time. That's beneath me. Get somebody else to do it. No, no, God wants you to do it. Amen. God's calling you and it's exposed when he comes up to Elisha's house. He comes with gold and silver, horses and camels, all kinds of clothes and gifts. Scholars say it's between one and two million dollars. And he's fully expecting that the prophet Elisha is going to roll out the red carpet and meet with him for hours and let him buy a miracle. But Elisha doesn't even come out to see him. Elisha sends his servant out. And the servant comes and says, hey man, what you need? And he says, well, I need to be healed. And the servant says, okay, cool. Go dip seven times in the Jordan River. You mean the muddy Jordan River? Yeah. Go dip seven times in the dirty, nasty, filthy, muddy Jordan River. And on the seventh time you come up, you'll be healed. And Naaman says, where's the prophet? And he's, well, he's busy. It's like you're going to the doctor. And you walk in and there's that sweet little receptionist there. And, and you say, man, my, my, my throat is killing me. I can't even swallow. And I got a horrible headache. And she says, oh, well, open up. Let me see. And you say, uh, oh, yeah, that is bad. You know what you ought to do is like get some mayonnaise and whipped cream and honey and apple cider vinegar and like blend it together and take that like once a day for seven days and you'll be fine. And we'd say, I got money to see the doctor. I, I don't want to hear what you got to say. I want to talk to the doctor. And so Naaman flies off into this fury and this rage, feeling like he's been totally disrespected, asking me to do something so lowly as dipping myself in the muddy, nasty Jordan River. And then one of his servants comes up and says, uh, Sir, I just want to tell you, you know, if he would have told you to do something hard, you would have done it. But all he asked you to do was just you know, break your pride, humble yourself, and, and just go dip in a, in a muddy Jordan River. So finally, Naaman decides, okay, I'll do this simple thing that is so beneath my ability, so beneath my skill set. This is such a waste of my time. I wonder what it is you think is beneath you that God is calling you to do. Work in the nursery? Teach Sunday school? Get on the outreach team? Call and encourage MIAs and prodigals? Run a vacuum, clean a toilet, cut grass. <laughs> Serving can get dirty. So let me ask it this way. What is your Jordan River? What's God calling you to go all in on to get your hands dirty so God can show himself through your service? And here's the thing. If you want to activate your calling, you got to deactivate your excuses. Because there is such a high unemployment rate in the body of Christ. 
and it is because of excuses. You have not been saved to ride a pew to heaven. You have been saved to get busy about your father's business. I'm too young. I'm too old. I'm not smart enough. I'm not good enough. No, do not let excuses keep you from being a part of what God wants to do through you. You know, we used to sing, I'll say yes, Lord, yes, to your will and to your way. I'll say yes, Lord, yes, I will trust you and obey. And when your spirit speaks to me, with my whole heart I'll agree. And my answer will be yes, Lord, yes. But let me give you the 2021 version. I'll say maybe, Lord, maybe. If what you're asking's not too hard, I'll say maybe, Lord, maybe. If you'll bless me with a brand new car, when your spirit speaks to me, we'll just have to wait and see. And my answer will be, Lord, what's in it for me? God is looking for people who will stand and say, it don't matter who gets the credit as long as God gets the glory. It don't matter who gets the credit as long as God gets the glory. It's time to get busy serving in the kingdom. You can make a difference. Tell the person beside you, you can make a difference. You've got a purpose. You've been called according to his purpose. We need all hands on deck. Amen. I'm telling you, I've been scouting out our church. Brother Matt will tell you, my wife will tell you. And I've been finding young men that ain't got nothing to do. Young boys, I said, man, you're going to be my armor bearer. You're going to be my armor bearer. You're going to be his armor bearer. I need you, you, you're going to do something. Everybody's got a job to do. We need everybody serving in the kingdom of God. In the book of Acts, there were times when the church faced opposition. But one of the most critical moments the church faced was not about an outside force trying to stop the church. It was about people in the church who were not living in their God-given purpose and calling. Acts chapter 6, verse 1. And in those days, when the number of disciples was multiplied, there arose a murmuring. So the church is growing, and God's doing great things, but somebody ain't happy. Is that the truth or what? Great things are happening. Revival's happening. But somebody's mad. Why are they mad? Because they felt like some of their widows were being discriminated against in the daily distribution of food. Verse 2, Then the twelve called the multitude of the disciples unto them and said, It is not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Verse 3, Wherefore, brethren, look ye out among you seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. Verse 4, But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. So the church is doing good like it should. But what's happening is the church is growing and there's so many needs, but there's not enough servants. The church is going to grow and the needs are going to grow. We need the servants to grow. 
We need the people to stand up and say, I'm ready to serve. So the church is growing and needs are growing, but servants aren't growing. Amen. And so everybody starts looking to the apostles for all of their needs. And they're telling on the church and saying, you know, he's been looked overlooked and she's upset and he's offended. And now they say they ain't coming back no more. And it's one problem after another. And you really, you guys, you need to get out of your office and come over here and start acting like you care. And this is very critical because the apostles are the ones that God spoke through to write the New Testament and to get the gospel outside of Jerusalem to the entire world. And the people are saying, stop all of that and come help us hand out boxes of food. And this is so critical because now is the moment where they decide we're either going to be the church or we're going to be the American Red Cross. And everybody's looking to the apostles to do it. But the problem was not that the apostles weren't serving in their calling. The problem was there was a need because somebody else wasn't serving in theirs. So they pull together seven men and they give them this responsibility to live out their calling of serving others. And then I want you to look what happens, Acts chapter 6 and verse 7. And the word of God, what? Say it again. And the number of disciples, what? Multiplied. When people started serving in the kingdom, when they started living out their God-given purpose, their calling allowed the gospel to continue and the church to grow. So let me ask all of us here tonight, what if the only thing keeping the next wave of what God wants to do in your local church is you not stepping into your calling? What if the next great revival is just waiting for somebody to say, I'm ready to serve. I'm going to get into my car. I'm going to stop riding a pew. I'm going to stop sitting on my hands. I'm going to get busy. Whatever age you are, don't you allow time to pull you away from your God-given purpose and calling. It is time to put your hands to the plow. It's time you realize you've been called according to his purpose. And God's purpose is people. God's purpose is people. It's time to get busy about your father's business. It's time to serve the Lord with gladness. You need to go to your pastor on Sunday and you need to tell him, Pastor, I'm ready to serve. What can I do? I'm ready to make a difference. I'm ready to serve my generation because the only thing keeping the next wave of what God wants to do in your church and in your city could be you not serving in your calling. There is absolutely no telling what God will do in our churches when we come together in unity with one purpose, saying it don't matter who gets the credit as long as he gets the glory. We can do this. Come on, we can do this. We can do this. I'm not looking to the pastor to do everything. No, what can I do? What can I do? None of us is as strong as all of us. It's time to get up and carry the burden. It's time to get up and carry the weight of ministry. And if you'll get busy about God's business, he'll get busy about yours. Let me tell you, if you need something, you need to give it away first. You need encouragement, start giving away encouragement. You need money, start paying your tithes and offerings. You need friends, start being a friend. Whatever you need, start giving it away. Give it away. Because while you're pouring out of your bucket, God's pouring back into you. And I promise, his bucket is way bigger than your bucket. Somebody lift your voice and say, God, I'm ready to serve.
God, I'm ready to serve. What if the only thing keeping the next wave of what God wants to do is you not stepping into your calling? It is time to stop playing games. I'm glad you love God, but that's, and time will work for you if you love him. But don't stop there. You've been called according to his purpose, and his purpose is people. You better start serving in the kingdom of God. You better start finding something to do to make a difference because what you need, God has already given you. He's already equipped you with everything you need to do what he's called you to do. Well, I've only got one talent. You know, there's some that five, some two, and some one. And here's the thing that I love about one and multiplication is whatever you multiply one by, that's what it becomes. So take your one talent and multiply it by God. Because when I multiply my one little old talent by God, this becomes a God issue. When I multiply my one little old talent by the power of God, this becomes a power of God issue. Stop making excuses. God's already given you what you need to do what he's called you to do. I feel a shift in the Holy Ghost right now. I feel like somebody's realizing you got a God-given purpose. Young lady, you have been called by God. Young man, you have been called by God. I feel like somebody's realizing you can make an eternal difference in the life of somebody else. Come on, somebody needs to get a determination and say, I'm not gonna let time work against me anymore. I'm not gonna let time push me away. I'm gonna let time draw me closer. Oh God. Oh God. But if you're going to activate your calling, you got to deactivate your excuses. No more excuses about lack of ability. No more excuses about your age. Because whatever stage of life you find yourself in, God has already given you exactly what you need to do what He's called you to do. I'm trying to challenge you to change your tomorrows today. What is time making of you? What is time creating in your life that you will pass on to the person that you're going to be? Is time making foundations that you will be able to stand on? Or is time, and God's already confirmed his word through the music tonight, creating chains that will drag you down? It's time creating foundations for you to build and stand. Or it's time creating chains that will drag you down. Sadly, there are men and women all over this world who have allowed time to pull them away from God rather than draw them closer. I'm just thinking and reminiscing tonight when I was talking to Pastor Walden about that first message I preached all of them years ago at Brother Eberhardt's church. A couple of faces and names just crossed my mind. And they should, they should be serving God tonight, but they're not. There's some I can think of, and, and they're doing good, and God has blessed them, and they're still in the race, and they're still making a difference. But there's others that were our friends that we love, that we still love. But time has not draw, drawn them near to God. Time has pushed them away. They should be changing their world. They should be serving and making a difference, but there is no longer a passion and a fire in their hearts for the things of God because they're too burdened down with chains of their own making. Chains of complacency and carnality. 
rather than foundations of commitment and consistency. Chains of, of bitterness and pride rather than foundations of faithfulness and prayer. And it's easy. It's these chains of our own making that make it easy for the enemy to pull us down. With the chains of your own making, the enemy will pull you out of church. And he will pull you into wrong crowds. And he will pull you into wrong relationships. Hear me right now in the Holy Ghost. Doing things you thought you would never, ever do. And now your convictions are on the decline. And every day you're giving up more boundaries and more convictions. Well, I just don't think that's wrong anymore. I just don't think that matters anymore. Let me ask you a question. How long have you been praying fasting about those convictions you don't have anymore? I'm telling you, it's a chain. And with the chains of your own making, the enemy will pull you out of church. With chains of your own making, he's going to drag you away from a healthy relationship with your pastor and your church family. He will drag you out of your marriage. He will drag you out of positive relationships. He will drag you out of the youth group. He'll do everything in his power to pull you down. But today, each one of us have the ability to take a stand and say, I'm not going to let it happen anymore. I'm going to make a change in my life. From this day forward, I'm not going to let time work against me. Time is going to make a better man out of me. Time is going to make a better young person out of me. Time is going to make a better husband out of me. Time is going to make a better father out of me. Time is going to make a better Christian out of me. Time is not going to pull me down. Time is going to lift me up because I'm not creating change. I'm building foundations. What is time making of you? Let me just speak to moms and dads for a moment. You need to take the chains off today so they don't find their way around your children's neck tomorrow. Do you understand that you need to create a clear path for God to be able to step into the lives of your children? Well, I just don't want my child to ever resent me for bringing them to church. I just don't want to impose any values on my children. Let me just give you a little 411. If you don't put values in your children's life, Hollywood will. If you don't put values in your child's life, the public school system will. If you don't put values in your children's life, somebody is going to be an influencer in their life. And we need to speak with boldness and with love. And we need to make a relationship with Jesus Christ attractive in our homes. And I realize that you can do everything right with your children and they still have to make choices. But you know what? If my children hate me because I brought them to church, I can live with that. What I can't live with is that I undersold truth in my child's life. And I never set any boundaries for them. And I was the reason they never developed convictions in their lives. God forbid that it's ever said our children were saved in spite of us. You've got to create a clear path for God to be able to step into the life of your children. Take the chains off today, mom and dad, so they don't find their way around the neck of your babies tomorrow. Both of my sisters can testify to the fact, I thank God that I've never had to break a chain or a stronghold that was laid on us by our parents. But you hear me tonight. If that is not your story, and there have been strongholds and chains in your life. In the name of Jesus Christ. 
If you will give them to God tonight, he will help you overcome them by the power of the Holy Ghost. If you've been passed down some chains and some strongholds from your family, why don't you give them to Jesus tonight? Because through the power of the Holy Ghost, it can be destroyed. You ain't got to carry that chain one more day, young lady. You ain't got to carry that chain one more day, young man. Give them to God tonight. Let me speak to those of you where your kids are still at home. Start building them a heritage of righteousness and holiness and godliness today. And maybe you're just married. You don't have children yet. Why don't you start building a foundation of faithfulness and righteousness and godliness and holiness today? Maybe you're not even married yet. Why don't you start building a foundation for your marriage of faithfulness and godliness and holiness today? Be kind to the man that you're going to be. You got time to fool around just because you're young. Do it today. Do it today. My parents built foundations of faithfulness and consistency and a love for people. I saw them hurt. I saw them talked about. I saw them done wrong. But they never let it get into their spirit so it never did get into mine. Please don't make chains of bitterness and criticism. People criticize everything. Criticize stuff in the church, out of the church. Criticize the preachers. Criticize the leadership. Criticize the Sunday school teachers. But I got a word for you. You better guard your spirit. You don't want to allow a critical spirit to get a hold of you because that is a chain that the enemy will use to pull you down. And I've seen it happen one too many times. People leave over a critical spirit. You better watch what you talk about in front of your children. You could be creating a chain that no man could ever get off. You better guard your spirit. Don't let bitterness get into your spirit. Don't let unforgiveness and criticism get into your spirit. Protect your spirit because the Bible says the spirit of a man is the candle of the Lord. It's time to be honest about what time is making of me. Would you men stand? You have a choice today. Come here, bud. You have a choice today. You can say, well, I'm only a teenager. I don't have to expect much out of myself. I don't have to be concerned with a prayer life. I don't have to be burdened about lost people. I'm young. I don't have to be too concerned about reading my Bible. I don't have to be bothered with serving in the kingdom right now. I'm just going to play sports, and play video games, and do what I do. I'll come to church. I know how to worship but I'm not going to be too intentional about all that other stuff right now because I still got time. And if you're a young person here tonight and that's what you're saying, let me tell you what you're doing. Thank you, buddy. You're putting chains on your future self. So now you're a young man and you still don't know how to pray. You're a young man and you're still playing games. You're a young man and you still haven't gotten serious about your relationship with God. You can be at this age and still not have a love for people. You can be at this age and still not have a ministry mentality. And you can just keep on going through your life. And now you're married. And now you're a dad. And you're a husband and you got children. And I still don't pray. 
and I still don't have a relationship with the Word of God. And I'm still not even faithful to church like I should be. And my marriage is struggling because of it. And my baby see an up and down relationship with God because I was making change when I should have been making foundations. And I'm still not faithful and committed. And I still haven't gotten serious about serving in the kingdom of God because I've allowed time to work against me instead of creating foundations. It's been creating chains. And before you know it, come here, Keith, you're going to blink twice. And when you should be celebrating life, when you should be full of wisdom, when you should be setting a godly example, you're going to look back and realize, I ain't got nothing eternal to show for my life. I got nothing to show for the time and the talents that God has given me. I don't have the family that I should have had. And I don't have the marriage that I should have had because I was creating chains instead of building foundations. But if you could just step out of time, turn around, Keith, and just face these three young men. If you could step out of time and have a conversation with your younger you and say, hey, guys, please be kind to me. Please don't hurt me. Please don't put chains on me. Please don't put weights on me. Please be kind to me. Because when I get to this age, I want to be a man of God. When I get to this age, I want to be a man of integrity. And what you're doing now affects who you're going to be. Don't let time create chains that are going to pull you down. But rather, build a foundation. Build a foundation of prayer. Build a foundation of conviction. Build a foundation of commitment. Build a foundation at this age of faithfulness to the house of God. Build a foundation at this age of consistency in your relationship with God. Build a foundation at this age at putting your hands to the plow and serving in the kingdom of God. Please be mindful and thoughtful and kind to the person that you're going to be. It's not too late. You can start affecting your tomorrows by the decisions that you make today. And from the youngest to the oldest, your decisions affect this man and your decisions affect this man and your decisions affect this man. So please, in the name of Jesus Christ, I urge every person under the sound of my voice, be kind to the person that you're going to be. Take care of the day. You this age, take care of today. You this age, take care of today. Are you this age? Take care of today. Are you this age? Take care of today. And you won't have to worry about your tomorrow. In the name of Jesus Christ, whatever you need to do with your walk with God, do it today. Would you lift your voice and would you begin to pray right now? I've got more to say, but I feel the Holy Ghost and a witness of the Spirit right now. Teenager, 
you need to be kind to your 20-year-old self. 25-year-old, you need to be mindful of your 35-year-old self. (laughs) You got a baby now, you got a wife. (laughs) And maybe you may change, but tonight you can drop them and you can start building a foundation. (laughs) It ain't too late. We're in the context of time right now. And you can build today what you'll be proud to inherit tomorrow. Build something today that you'll be proud to face tomorrow. Now is the time and now is the moment where I can take the God-given time that He has given me and I can start creating something beautiful in my life. Something that will last. Something that will be eternal. Something that will bless the person that I'm going to be. Anybody want to lay some chains down tonight? Why don't you step out from where you are and come lay it on the altar? Anybody want to start building some foundations tonight? In the name of Jesus Christ, why don't you come and start building a foundation? Come on, start creating something in your life that you'll be glad to inherit tomorrow wherever you find yourself please be kind to the man or the woman that you're going to be I told you at the beginning in the Holy Ghost as you respond in faith healing's going to come breakthrough's going to come and deliverance so would you step out from where you are and come as close as you can and would you start creating something right now Would you let some chains fall off of your life right now? Would you lay some foundations in your life right now that's going to affect and influence the woman or the man you're going to be? Come on, take the chains off tonight. You ain't got to carry them one more day. It's time to build a firm foundation. It's time to get busy about your father's business. Time will no longer work against me. Time is going to start working for me. Time is going to bless the person that I'm going to be. Time is going to bless my marriage. Time is going to bless my family. I'm going to use my time to build foundations. I'm not going to use it to build chains. I'm not going to use it to build chains. Oh, God. Oh, God. Time is going to work for me from this night forward. Time will not work against me. Time will make me cold. Time is going to make me passionate. Time will not push me out. Time is going to pull me in. Time will not make me complacent. Time is going to make me faithful. Come on, young people. Come on, moms and dads. Now's the time. Lean in right now. Now is the time. Today is the day. What is time making of you? What is time making of you? Please be kind. Please be thoughtful of the person that you're going to be. Come on. Come on. Don't let time work against you another day. Time ain't gonna work against me one more day.
going to tell you in the Holy Ghost that while you're letting chains fall off, while you're letting chains fall, there's a mantle of anointing that's going to take its place. If you'll start laying the chains down, there's a mantle of anointing that's going to take its place. And where you've been fearful to step into ministry, it's going to be time to step out. Time's not going to get me uninvolved. Time's going to lead me to involvement. It's time for me to get my hands busy. You ain't too young. You ain't too old. Now is the time. Today is the day. Make me a house of prayer. Lord, make me a house. Make me a house of prayer. A house of prayer. Lord, make me a house. Make me a house of prayer. A house of prayer. Lord, make me a house. Make me a house of prayer. A house of prayer. Let the fire on my altar never burn out. The fire on my altar never burn out. Let the fire on my altar never burn out. Make me a house of prayer. May the fire on my altar never burn out. Fire on my altar never burn out. May the fire on my altar never burn out. Make me a house of prayer. We say, Lord, make me a house.
are called. You are called. Touch my order tonight, God. Touch my order tonight, God. She could run a candy of a
Yeah. 